First thing I want to make sure that everybody understands is the 4th of October is actually the Feast of St. Francis, and that was, of course, a couple days ago. But we are observing the feast day this Sunday morning as our principal service because St. Francis of Assisi is the patron of our parish, St. Francis Church, here in Cibolo. And I am particularly pleased that some of our friends from St. Joseph's New Braunfels have come to join us this morning and fill out the house and be part of our worship and the fellowship to follow. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Now then, turning to our passage, or actually all three passages, four passages, provided to us by our lectionary, we see that each is actually well-selected regarding St. Francis of Assisi. A lot of people really don't know much about St. Francis other than he's probably the most popular garden decoration in the world. But if you find out just a little bit about him, you learn an incredible life. There's a man who was a seeker of glory. He was a combat veteran. He was a prisoner of war for a year. He was a chaser of fun times wherever he may find them. He was almost a crusader as he decided to ride off to war a second time. The time that he did ride off to war was against the neighboring city of Perugia, back when city-states would war against each other in the valleys between the cities. But then the Crusades called him later, and he was in the process of responding when God spoke to him, spoke into his life, and turned everything around. St. Francis reports that as he was mounted on his war horse, wearing his army, going to, uh, uh, on his war horse, going to join the army, the Crusaders, he heard God speak in an actual, audible voice. Do you want to serve me, or do you want to serve my servant? Well, Francis replied that he wanted to serve God, and so God answered back, then why are you serving my servant? And they went back and forth with this little interchange of questions a few times. And then, when Francis finally understood that his role was not to be a crusader, and instead answer some unique call that God was about to put on his life, that initiated one of the most radical transformations of any person that's been recorded in human history. Francis went from living a life of luxury and pleasure because he was the child, he was the principal favorite, most adored child of one of the richest men in town. He went from that, having multiple houses at his disposal, unlimited money, to being a man dedicated to absolute poverty. Francis went from a man trying to earn a knighthood for, so that his merchant family, like I just said, one of the richest in town, but looked down upon by the nobility because they were not titled, he wanted to earn a knighthood so that his merchant family would be counted among the nobility. He went from that to being a man who walked into the desert with the intent to convert Muslims before the Crusaders had a chance to kill them. Francis went 
from being such a notorious partier that his bad reputation preceded him everywhere he went and you either joined in or you hid yourself from his activities depending on your personal priorities in life. He went to being such, well, honestly, a borderline reprobate to being a person so dedicated to personal purity that when he was tempted, he tore off his clothes and threw himself into rose bushes to torment the flesh that was tormenting him. Francis went from disdaining any tiny blemish in his appearance to receiving the wounds of Christ in his own body in the form of the stigmata. Therefore, it is easy to understand how the compilers of the lectionary chose the passage from the prophet Jeremiah who explained that it was not by wealth, but for care of the poor and the needy that one knows the Father. We can understand how the 42nd Psalm was chosen with its emphasis on gaining strength from God while afflicted, no matter what the circumstances, to praise God. The passage from St. Paul's epistle to the Galatians is certainly clear with both its rejection of the typical signs of success in the days of ancient Israel in order to live within the mercy of God and also from Galatians what appears to be the very first mention of any Christian receiving the stigmata with Paul clearly stating for I bear the marks of the Lord Jesus in my body. Finally, in the Gospel passage from Matthew, we understand that the Lord's work, even when difficult, is a place of rest and light burden. And sadly, many people, many Christians, many in Christian leadership, think that the burden of the Lord is heavy and the burden is too much to bear. That rather than becoming poor in the Lord so that He can make you rich, that being rich is to be pursued at the expense of the poor. A friend, in reflecting upon St. Francis, recently wrote about those in vocational ministry a rather scathing critique, writing, From the earliest days of the church, some presbyters were given the responsibility to oversee the flock, supervising the work of the, de- of the deacons in the ministry to the poor and the infirm, and collaborate with the College of Presbyters in the care of souls, in the praise of Almighty God, in service of worship, and the administration of the sacraments. But in these days, the need to provide for spiritual and material welfare of the needy is even more pronounced. People of faith are hungry for the Word and are in need of spiritual nourishment when it comes from the grace of the sacraments. But many shepherds have departed the flock preferring not to smell like the sheep they lead. When my friend shared this thought with me, I had only been home from the pilgrimage just for a couple of days. And I replied, well, on the Camino, smelling like sheep probably would have been an upgrade. Because it is rather hot, and you do a lot of movement, and as a result, you smell. Plain and simple. Now, we both laughed about that. And at the same time, I actually took a small bit of satisfaction in the statement because, as I just mentioned, I smelled. The other pilgrims smelled. 
and the thousands of other pilgrims that were all around us, they all smelled. And while we were making the trek, we celebrated the Mass daily, sometimes in absolutely gorgeous church buildings, which allowed us the use of their altar, but mostly in the open air or in small side rooms where we would not be disturbed and be free from interruption. Now, it was always our seven pilgrims, but we were frequently joined by other pilgrims who either saw or heard the Mass going on and simply walked in and joined us, occasionally with the need of a little bit of encouragement as you see them waiting and just give them a little wave and flow in. But no matter how many were there, whether it was our seven or whether there was an extra seven or an extra who knows how many, there was one constant each and every last one of us smelled. Now, it was a burden to ensure that we had the materials that we needed. The wine, the host, the vestments, which, honestly, I have not taken them out of the bag that they're in, but I'm sure they smell all the way until today. Uh, And our sacred vessels. We had to carry those from place to place. Now, some days we had the luxury of being capable of having them transported for us. Many days, depending on where we were going to stop, we had to carry the extra weight ourselves. It was a burden, but the burden was light. We were refreshed. We found rest for our souls. And why do I bring all of this up? Well, there is, of course, the reality that I love the Camino, and we'll talk about it with anyone who will sit still, and you're all kind of captive audience, so I got you. But more importantly, I want to use this as a small illustration. Ensuring the sacrament daily to those on pilgrimage was in a small way, as Paul said, bearing a mark of Christ who was present with his disciples throughout his earthly life and then remains present sacramentally with us ever since in his sacrament. Being a Christian, which is best defined as a little Christ, is being a way for others to see Jesus through your life and your actions. Jesus lived among the people. Jesus alleviated the suffering of others. Jesus brought comfort and healing to those willing to receive it. Jesus had a special concern for the poor, the displaced, the outcast, and the oppressed. Jesus was willing to set aside all of the glories of the kingdom of God to humble himself to the point of his own physical death in order to open the gates of heaven to the rest of us. These are not the wounds of Christ, but they are marks. They are signs of Christ. To imitate these priorities will mark you as one of Christ's disciples. As Jesus explained to his disciples when he described the judgment day, then the king, speaking of himself, will say to those on his right, come, You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it for one of the least of these, you did it for me. Now a word of warning. To do these things, these things by which Jesus says we will be judged, to do these will cause you to smell. To do these things will cost you financially, emotionally, and in your time. To do these things will almost certainly be humbling and take you out of any limelight you may have. To do these things rightly and for God will call you to live a life of purity and your flesh will resent you for it. But a word of encouragement. To do these things will imprint upon you the marks of our Lord Jesus Christ and people will see Christ in you. And you can look forward to hearing from him. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen.